pick your class and learn your battle points. Because it's time for the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Welcome to episode 194 of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and today I am joined by... Marcus. And Nick from Working Class Nerds. This episode, we're going to be talking about a Battlefront as well as a, a background on Star Wars games and how we think EA is handling the license. Let's get started. For people who don't know what your podcast is, could you give a little bit of background of yourselves and your show? So I'm Nick from Working Class Nerds, one of the hosts. Uh, Working Class Nerds is a podcast where the two hosts, Marcus and I, we're just two regular folks who uh, have very, very nerdy hobbies and we talk all about them. So we primarily talk about video games with a, a large focus on Star Wars games and especially Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, but we also talk about lots and lots of other games, including, but not limited to, Rainbow Six Siege, Spider-Man PS4, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, the Doom series, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and most recently, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, but outside of video games, we've also talked about um, all the different Marvel superhero movies, done a little bit of uh, reviewing on those and comparisons, and then also, of course, all of the Star Wars movies that have come out. Uh, since we started recording. And once in a blue moon, we'll talk about some board games and Dungeons and Dragons. Nice. So to to talk to talk about sort of Marcus and I, Marcus, who who are you for everybody out there? So I'm the idiot of the show, just for the record. <laughs> Nick is really Nick's the smart one. He's gonna be the one going to PA school. Um I'm a husband, <laughs> I'm a dad. Star Wars is my life. It's been since I was a little kid. I was that kid that always you know, got off the school bus, got beat up by the, the neighborhood kids, and then ran to the house and watched the Star Wars movies and read the comic books. And so Star Wars is just a part of my life. Um, you know, we have this wonderful podcast. I stream on Twitch. Um, I'm also in the uh, a Bioware and Star Wars The Old Republic content creator. Uh, it's their program. I don't know what... See, I don't know if Battlefront has this or EA. For EA, it's uh, Game Changers. Okay, so it's a division of the Game Changers, I think, but it's its own thing for just Bioware. Anyways, I play all the games um, that you guys talk about. Um, I played a ton of Battlefront 2015, um, and then when Battlefront 2 came out, I jumped into that, and that's when I found this show. But um, what about you, Nick? So when we first started the show, I was... Uh, more directly of a student. I have since graduated with my bachelor's degree, but now I work in a hospital, in an ER more specifically, and I also am a podcaster, of course. Um, technically, I'm also in Bioware's Star Wars The Old Republic content creator program, but uh, I think it's more Marcus that actually handles all of our show's contributions to that. Um, in terms of what games I've played, I've played all of EA's Star Wars games, uh, and pro- my favorite of, of them is probably Fallen Order. Uh, in in our show notes here, we have we asked for a favorite meme. I, I've always loved the Kenobi "Hello there" and then General <laughs> Grievous sort of whipping out all the lightsabers memes or, or TikTok videos. I find you know the way people can get creative with those really really funny. I was unaware of you guys until you reached out, and then <laughs> Marcus was telling me that he's been a secret listener of our show. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, yeah, it's like Twitch. I'm the lurker. Mm-hmm. So I have like the key people that I really care about in Twitch, but then 
I'm the guy that'll like while I'm playing a game, I'll just get on somebody's channel and I'll give them an extra view, but I'll just lurk and listen to what they have to say. And out of nowhere, if they do something ridiculous, I'll donate five bucks to their channel. And if you do that or you, cause like a sub or like bits or um, a follow, eh, you know, some streamers don't make a big deal out of it cause they have so many. But if you just donate money out of nowhere, even if it's just five bucks, the, the, the faces the streamers make, they're like, oh, who the Hello hell there. is Marcus B814? But thank you so much. You're not even following me and you're donating to me? What the? And um, so I'm the ultimate in lurker. But what I like about your show is you guys break down what's the positive and the negative that's coming out of it. And. It broke my heart to hear the episode where, you know, Scarif gets released, but yet they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to continue our half in Star Wars games, and we're going to shut down all content um, updates. And I was just like, that's such... Martini! Oh, I should have asked, is swearing allowed on the show? I will bleep you out. <laughs> okay. So it is Usually not. with the Star Wars sound. <laughs> okay. Okay, got it. Got it. I Hopefully I didn't uh, curse either yet. But anywho, to to piggyback off of Marcus, Marcus's earlier point, I, I do appreciate the breakdown that you have been doing about all of the content as it comes out and sort of a fun way to look forward um, to what's what's going to come out. Did you want to touch upon Star Wars Squadrons at all? I know that's recently been out. Yeah, definitely. Or the, the trailers, I should say. Yeah, so we've got the uh, the previous episode. We had a friend of the podcast, Wolf Wolf Wolf, on the show. We talked about squadrons. We talked about the future of Battlefront, uh, future of EA games, uh, the renewal of the license. Uh, one thing, right before we get into to the the meat of the show, I would like to uh, update. We are now streaming every Saturday, usually around one p.m. MST, which is uh, three p.m. Uh, Eastern time, as well as about eight p.m. BST. Uh, that, that is what we're doing every Saturday around that time. Sometimes it's a little earlier, sometimes a little later, depending on um, how the the streaming software is cooperating. But now let's go into the, the main topic of the show, EA and the Star Wars license. So EA has had the Star Wars license since 2013. Uh, they have it for 10 years and it is going to expire and probably be renewed in 2023 by the way that EA is talking. Uh, they've released Battlefront 2015, Fallen Order, as well as Battlefront 2. Those are the, the main three that we've gotten under the EA license of Star Wars. And then we'll have Star Wars Squadrons coming out in October. The game, so they, they also under this license, they had a very interesting thing uh, with the Lego games, they aren't under the license, and kind of, but not not really. We also have SWOTOR. Yeah, so SWOTOR came out in December of 2011, and as far as I understood is that's when the license started, and they extended it to 2023, because I thought it was 2011 to 2021, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, and then... As far as I know, coming from Bioware itself, uh, that the license doesn't affect them. But I don't know how that transfers now that Disney owns the IP. And I'm curious on why EA doesn't invest more into these Star Wars games. Um, I'll so specifically... EA, 
EA and Disney signed a deal in 2013 for the the EA exclusivity rights for Star Wars games. Oh, so maybe um cuz that was when Disney that was Disney got Star Wars in 2012, I think. So so it did. So it was under the EA Star Wars license. Uh, Sotor was under that license, and then when Disney yeah, it bought it, the, I think they renewed the ten years. The OG LucasArts days, right? It, was it one of the games yes. that were still under LucasArts? Um, I believe so. Yes, that was Kotor, Knights of the Old Republic. That's not Sotor, but Any, I'm pretty sure the I'm EI, pretty sure EA license. It was anything before EA or for, before Disney got the license. I think was under LucasArts as like a basically. If it wasn't a movie, it was LucasArts. I think. I believe you're right because I remember Jackie Cow talking about um, LucasArts communicating with with the developers on like what they can use and mm-hmm. what they couldn't use for some art direction stuff. And technically, LucasArts is still a thing. They're just an internal Lucasfilm thing that handles everything instead of being uh, its own kind of production thing. Sure. All right, I think it's a like a subdivision of, of yes. LucasArts that focuses on. Or Lucas Films, I should say, that focuses on um, video games. Does that sound right? I Blake? think so. No, that's yes, that's true. They have their own video game division of Lucas, Lucasfilm, Films. Lucas Arts. But it is okay. one of those weird, weird situations with that game. Like it was, it's not. It wasn't rebranded. It just kept on going as the game kept on going, even though that EA got the license and EA owned Bioware, which made this game. It's a very strange place. Yes. Yeah. It's sort of a comp- complicated scenario, for sure. For anybody that doesn't know, SOTOR is an MMORPG, and it takes place 3,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. So it's in the Old Republic, lots of Jedi, lots of Sith. And what I don't understand is the whole reason why we're here is to find out if EA is doing a, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And SOTOR has everything that any player would want, you know, last week's guest was saying how they're looking for, you know, PVP, which is, you know, whatever player versus player combat, an open world setting where you can explore worlds. And then almost like a squadrons uh, in SOTOR, it's called Galactic Starfighter. You can do all of those in, um, in SOTOR, but yet a lot of people don't even know about it. And it's, baffles my mind because Star Wars is the second largest IP in the world and there's no promotion of this game just like I feel like EA isn't promoting Battlefront 2 when it should be promoting it and you know even if they have a sub I don't want to say dice but another company take it over because to be honest now that they put it on Steam and it was free to play, um, free to download if you have PlayStation Plus. I mean, mm-hmm. people, more people are playing that than it maybe in the last year, right now. Oh, definitely. They had, they had a huge surge just on PlayStation. They had the stats where they were tracking through trophies earned. It was four million people just on PlayStation, and I think overall they have like fifteen million people playing, fifteen million plus people playing across all. These aren't obviously official numbers because they don't give those out but this is through the di- the different ways of measuring that about 15 million different people and that's that's crazy when you look at that in terms of other games like that is 
unmatched in a lot of the AAA games. Like you say, you say you have a player base of maybe five million, and that's a big thing with certain uh, online games. I don't know how many concurrent players are playing Sotor, but it's nowhere near that. And, right. But the thing is, is why wouldn't they see that? And why not make an? Why not do one more content update? Make it free to play across the board. Make it cross-platform. Look what Call of Duty just did with the cross-platform. Mm-hmm. You know, we can play with the Xbox, PlayStation, or uh, PC. the PC. And if you don't want to play against somebody with a keyboard and mouse, you can just click the button and say, I don't want to play with them. But between me and you, if you're using a controller, you have aim assist. It's actually sometimes easier to use a controller than the keyboard and mouse unless you're you know, you're Mr. Precision with the mouse. Mm-hmm. But right. stopping content on Battlefront 2 right now, I think, was a bad move. And even if they said, look, at the free content is over, but we're going to create something that's going to be, uh, you know, an expansion or, you know, uh, um, downloadable content map pack, I would be willing to spend 10, 15 bucks for that because, you know, I, I'm not telling you anything, but. Camino is the most beautiful map I've ever played out of any game. Oh, definitely. When you're running th- when you're running through those hallways and you're playing it on ultra on your PC and the white light is shining everywhere, it's almost blinding. And why they stopped the content, I don't know why. I really don't. And to make Battlefield 5, I'm pretty sure Battlefront 2 right now, you know, a year and a half or 2 years almost out. Oh, it'll be is three bigger, years this in November. Okay, so it's it's a bigger game than Battlefield One. Oh, definitely. That, so they, they actually uh, there was a report that showed with the same or the, the the same report on the PlayStation Plus numbers uh, through achievements. They they measured how many people were through achievements were aim, earning them independently. All of those versus Battlefield 5 versus Battlefront 2. And the results were so crazy in comparison. So you've got the huge numbers of Battlefront, and then you've got this very small numbers of Battlefield. Still a very sizable amount, but drastically smaller than what you would expect. And I th- the, the the reason that they're doing this, one, DICE and Battlefield. Battlefield is DICE's bread and butter. They've been doing this series for a decade or so, maybe even Not longer. More than that. Yeah, because what was it, Battlefield 1952 or 2000? Well, I don't know what the first one was. Um, 1943 or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. But it was like a futuristic one way back in PC days. Yeah, the company was founded in 1992, so they've been they've been making these games for a while. And obviously it's not just Battlefield, but that was the main thing that they did Um Starting off with pinball games, surprisingly. <laughs> wow. So it, I I just feel like, and this may be an EA thing, because you, know, you can blame it on DICE or you can blame it on Bioware, but I feel like EA is the big company at the top, and they're really, you know, the big decisions come from them. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. So but- all of the developers on the Battlefront team would love to have continued the game. They would have loved to continue, but were forced to go on to other parts of it. And looking back, we definitely saw that as 
it was it was very concerning when you see all of these big players on the team going to other companies or other game titles was, we should have known beforehand but it was such a huge thing because battlefront was doing so well it was doing it so successful so popular they had done a lot of work into revamping everything and then here we have the the game getting canceled for right battlefield 2021 which is such a sad thing but obviously through what we've seen dice is definitely a one game company um, they cannot support a game online with a live service as it was seen that battle through Battlefront 2. What I'm trying to say is, is this just EA? Is this an EA thing? And just going halfway in all the time. They give us a good product and they're like, okay, we're done. Let's move on. We said we're going to do two years of content. See you later. Where you have other games that continue to give content over year after year after year, especially mm-hmm. with Star Wars. Rainbow Six Siege, one, one of the yes. main tentpole examples. Like, they have done such a great job with that game and the continuation going in its fifth year of content support, which is one of those things that is rarely seen in first-person shooter games. Right, and I can speak personally. I've, I've played a whole bunch of Siege. They don't have to do a whole lot. They don't have to add a whole lot to Siege. You know, as their updates, they add a couple of new operators, mm-hmm. and you know, they can they can tweak a map here or occasionally. It's uh, add a map there, but they're not. It's not even like they add all new maps um, every single content update. Because that would separate tweak- the game a lot. Uh, obviously. Right. Rainbow Six Siege is a much, much smaller game, but I think that is, that's what they should do with me sitting in my office here, not working on games, not being a developer, can say this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they should, eh, this is like the most armchair developer thing ever, focus on a smaller game. I would love to see Star Wars games be smaller experiences. Maybe instead of Battlefront 3, where it has everything we have star wars squadrons that does uh space combat if you want to play space combat you go to that game we have a a battlefront 3 where it's just infantry and then we have a a hero game where it's just heroes i mean obviously it could i think with the heroes that kind of really messes with the battlefront formula because from the beginning actually there are heroes there but you can play them with the first game but you get my point. They're, they're a vital part of Battlefront franchise as we know it now, but it could change. Right. You know, I think I think that speaks to a that sentiment of do one thing perfectly rather than a lot of things mediocrely. Definitely. Um, if, uh, I think that speaks to a larger sort of maybe even societal trend. Like we before the show, we were chatting about our favorite alcoholic beverages and talking about um, our experiences with different microbrews and things like that. And I think the popularity of those is people can appreciate when a company makes one particular product extraordinarily well, and that's it. And mm-hmm. I think in the same vein, if if EA wants to focus on making a development team making one game that focuses on one aspect of, of what they might include in a larger game... Um, and make that just its solo standalone game, make it perfect and make it really robust and have all, all the features you might po- you could possibly want. I think people will gravitate towards that and really appreciate it. So mm-hmm. I think a business strategy they might follow or they might already be, already be following um, 
is rather than have the one game to rule them all, so to speak, or one game that includes all of these game modes yeah. like a SOTOR has, they might be moving towards that business model of, of producing all these separate individual games that have these separate sort of experiences. They have a, a, a squadrons where it's just the starfighter aspect of it. Or, you know, maybe down the line, we have Fallen Order recently that's sort of a, a linear first-person uh, sort of campaign, almost like an RPG, but not quite. Mm-hmm style you know and then you have it told you might a see. single story that you went through entirely very very well setting the bar for what a star wars single player game could be it, it precisely i for the record i absolutely loved fallen order same um i i would love to see them do an open world version where something more akin to like a, a rock star type game but mm-hmm. i can get into that later but but uh it, yeah go ahead marcus all right so I, as much as I agree with you, but why not just make one game and build on it? So make the Battlefront 3, and it starts off with the infantry. And then in year two, year two's focus is squadrons and put squadrons in it. And then year three, we're, we're, we're implementing more heroes and more game modes and all of these things or whatever that content cycle is and keeping one IP, one game and you just build off of it. That's yeah. I, that could I guess be a good I'm, option too. Taking in the the seasons approach that was super popular in yes. Fortnite and Apex. Just those those are two great examples of season based content where they take away content and introduce new content. Well, uh, you know, and it, it's so we're we've been playing Call of Duty and they have the seasons and there was uh, one of the seasons things once you got to a tier you got a, an attack dog. It's a German Shepherd, and I I earned it during the season, uh, season three, and Nick was like, oh, how can you get that? Well, it's not available anymore. It was a season three earning. Exclusive. But that's where SOTOR gets it right, is they are, it's a free-to-play game, right? So you can just go on your computer, download it, and you can play it. And right out of the gate, you have your, an unbelievable story for eight different classes, you know, Jedi and Sith, troopers, um, or even, you know, operatives, the Imperial agent, whatever it is. And you can go through these st- base stories for free. There's eight of them. Hours and hours and hours of content. And then, so once they did that, then they released their next expansion and Endgame and PvP. And they've introduced these things over the years. Now, the content cycle has completely slowed almost to a stale. And now, and this is why, you know, I reached out to you guys about this. Because now they're doing the same thing to Battlefront 2. When Battlefront 2 is now thriving, where right now is when they should be developing a new DLC pack for and selling it for 15 bucks to extend the life of this game and let EA make more money or whoever make the money now rather than make some game that, you know, half the people who buy bought Battlefront 2 are going to buy because mm-hmm. it's their baby. There's enough game development companies out there where they could, you know, pass it on to the next group. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely an EA problem, and we, rumblings that we've heard, um, sources that I have and people of the, in the Wayfinder team have told us that it was one of those things where they were they were ready to continue support for years to come, and then from up above, they were like, no, we, we're not doing that, and they couldn't do anything about it. Uh, the developers want the game to continue. They want it to support it as much as possible to the point where they were actually they they were fixing a problem a week or two after the last update. Um, 
because they had some really bad bugs. The team on their free time were making bugs in in the the downtime that they had as they were switching from work to home. That was crazy. And that's the wow. and that's the terrible part about these corporations who people sit around a board or like us podcasters who were judging um, developers. Like we know how to make a game, but it's not what I'm saying. These people that are sitting on a board are ruining something that is actually popular because they don't see a, the investment value on extending the life of a game. Mm-hmm. As an example, SOTOR costs $200 million to make. It's one of the most expensive games ever made, right? Or back when in 2011. Right. But EA probably feels as if they did not get their money back, so they just slowed content to a sta- a snail's pace. And now, you know, Battlefront 2015 was a great game. They could have just kept building on that. And, you know, everybody, the biggest cry from t- Battlefront 2015 is there was no single-player story. But in my opinion, the, I think it was a trial. I think they said, let's put this game out there. Let's see what people think, and let's fix the problems with it for the next one. And I think they did it. This, the I'm, I'm going to call it a class story, but it's like the single-player story in Battlefront 2. It was really good. Yeah. It wasn't long enough, but it was a really good story. And what was her name? Iden. Iden Versio. Versio, yeah. Well, it was a after, safe story. It was the one we needed for the time. Right, and... We always wondered what happened to all those Imperial troops when the Death Star exploded, and we got that answer. And then, you know, if you... I read the Inferno Squad book. Yes. Which was her story. That was awesome. And I was like, oh my God, I just played it. Yeah, I just played it. And again, now, two years or three years later, now there's going to be nothing else. And Squadrons is coming out, and as cool as that is, I'm not going to play it. And that's just a me opinion because a uh, uh, flight sim is not for me, mm-hmm. which is okay. I mean, the graphics look unbelievable, and I'll probably watch the YouTube videos of the the cutscenes to see like t- to get the story content out of it. But to me, Squadrons is an expansion for Battlefront Two that they could have released, especially with the forty dollar price tag, because you're going to download the game anyways, and the development time has to be more. Development time has to cost more when it's a new game versus if you're extending the life of a game because you're already using the base engine for X. And I'm pretty sure, are they using real um, Unreal Engine for Squadrons? Or are they we using, aren't uh, sure. I'm pretty sure that they're using Frostbite um, because they started, it would have been two years ago that they started this game to have it come out about now, that it would probably be Frostbite because they don't have the the gravitas or the experience of using Unreal. Like, Respawn uses Unreal. It's their bread and butter. They make all of their games in Unreal. They you know it very well. They can do... And they, they the developers said it themselves. If they tried to use do this in Frostbite, it wouldn't have been made. So, But Motive is a new studio um, created in 2015 or 2016, I think. 2015, yeah. But my point is, why not just extend? And that's where EA... I think fails. They're not seeing the bigger thing because now once people find out that the game is dead or there's no more content, it's just a matter of time before people stop playing it because I know that when I got into Battlefront 2, I was like, oh my God, I was playing it every night. I'm like, this is amazing. 
And then hearing that there's no more content, you're like, oh, okay, how long That's am I going to play the same? How long am I going to play the same thing over and over and over again? Until I'm just like, okay, there's nothing else coming. And that's what we're trying to accomplish with uh, what we're doing uh, with the Wayfinder team is to build out these things where we keep the community alive, keep it fresh, and try these new things. And we've got some stuff in the works uh, that we aren't announcing quite yet because we're still in the, the process of building it up. But we do have some fun stuff going on in the future. But... Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of people are getting into the game for the first time. They're experiencing the amazingness of the game, um, with but aren't getting any new content. So they're definitely going to be a bit of the community that won't be playing it after so long. Right, because they're going to be going to the new greatest thing, and I promise it's not going to be the new Battlefield. I want to know, of all the Battlefront players out there, and this is the show to do that. How many of you guys are going to go play Squadrons? A lot of the people in our community, at least for that listen to the Battlefront podcast, will be. Again, it is a, a smaller subset, and I'm really happy for the people that did enjoy um, did enjoy Starfighter Assault, friend of the podcast, Rogue Wolf, being one of the, the, the big proponents of uh, the Starfighter stuff. Uh, this is his dream game. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, a friend of our show, Kogus, same thing. He played on May the 4th. He did a stream on, um, he played the original TIE Fighter game oh, and streamed nice. it. It was awesome. I was at work and I just had my phone propped up and I was just listening to it. And it was, you know, four hours of the TIE Fighter sound. And it was just, <laughs> un, it was awesome. And he, he, this is his game. Like you said, uh, what did you say? Rogue Wolf? Yes. Rogue Wolf. This is his game. But out of the core. Battlefront players, are they all going to switch to squadrons? Okay, they're going to play the story, and then they're going to be back to Battlefront. More than likely, but there, there's that that always that that, uh, that I definitely see it's going to have a very strong uh, community, and I really hope there's rumblings about it being a very esports focused game. So hopefully, we get some cool stuff out of that too. That would make for a lot of interesting, like streamed content if it ends up being an esports game i would love to watch people play that game but for me i know marcus definitely gets motion sickness when trying to play like um to play any of those flight simulator type games or game modes yeah Mm -hmm. i i do a little bit not quite as bad as him he and i are are cousins so we we share some genes in that respect (laughs) unfortunately but uh it's because we're greek right i I guess greek greek (laughs) greece must have a uh, terrible air force because we're all motion sick i'm only kidding but um that I would definitely watch someone else play that, but if I try to do it myself, I get all screwed up for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that could be an interesting way to sort of extend the life of the game and or make more money off of it, even if your core player base, although their core player base I'm sure is going to be super devoted, if that number of players isn't quite as large as like a, a regular Battlefront title, I think if you, you can make... Um, get lots of folks streaming it or have esports surrounded by it. I think that's a way to sort of broaden your audience that are consuming content from that game. Definitely. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I would like to know the analytics of people who play flight sims or mm-hmm. even, you know, a game like that versus a first person shooter. Oh, it will. The first person shooter is the. I think the biggest type of game that there is. And that's obviously because you had one success and then everyone's making those because they're successful games. And then it doesn't really need anything for other games to do. But um, 
first person shooters, third person shooters are the biggest because it's super easy. It's like the most human thing is oh it's super easy to explain you point gun pull trigger and something happens <laughs> <laughs> right yeah and fallen order was a fantastic game i you know and i'm not even done with it that's a long story because <laughs> uh, my mentality is if i'm not playing so if, if i'm playing another game um i'm missing out in sotor and that's the mmo hook right once you start playing you're hooked and why would I play another game? And I felt like this for so long. Why would I play Battlefront 2 or Fallen Order when I could be playing SOTOR and doing the things that, doing the chores that I need to do in that game to continue mm-hmm. to get gear or whatever? So, on that front, um, final topic before we end the show. What? I'm not an MMO person. I tried them. It's not just not for me. But explain to me so someone who doesn't play mmos someone who doesn't really have a drive to play more mmos what is the draw of swotor for me the draw for swotor is one of the big things for me in any games oh i'm gonna make my answer quick but one of the big things for me in any video game or media content is i really enjoy things with a really large like universe or backstory of lore so some things that are my favorites are obviously Star Wars, but Lord of the Rings as well because of the the large universe behind it. The Fallout series of video games because of the large universe behind them, and um, the Elder Scrolls series same same reason. So mm-hmm. when I found out that Star there was a Star Wars game that I could get into that essentially doubled the amount of lore and universe that I could get into um, beyond the Star Wars that I already knew and loved, I jumped all over it. So I, I I played through you know my whole class story um, rather quickly, but I know Marcus obviously has that aspect as well, and then also has a very large community aspect that he gets into as well. So what is what is that? What's the big hook for you, Marcus? So Sotor, as I said earlier, it's free to start, so anybody can download it. And would you like to start off and be a Jedi apprentice? Want to be just a Jedi? You can be. You want to be a sage Jedi, which is um, like a healer or, uh, you know, essentially you don't use your lightsaber. You're using throwing rocks at people. This is on the Republic side. Or do you want to be a trooper? Or do you want to be Han Solo? Who doesn't want to be a scoundrel and be Han Solo? So you have those four class stories. And each one has to be at least 50 hours of story content. Everything is voiced. If you've ever played the old Knights of the Old Republic series from Bioware, it's mm-hmm. all um, you have uh, conversation choices, and there's light side and dark side choices. So if you know if Nick is the the character that I'm talking to, and he's being a smart smart guy to me, smart Alec, so, yeah, smart Alec. Thanks, Nick. You saved <laughs> me there. And if you um, you know, one choice is the light side. Like, okay, man, why don't you just go away? I don't really want to deal with you. The gray answer is listen man I don't want to get upset so just go away and then the third option is shoot lightning at it mm-hmm. and so there's so there's that element and then at the same time you have um, you go through this entire class story which is basically your open world RPG where you fly from planet to planet to planet and you can roam there's datacrons all over the planets that you literally are some of the hardest things I've ever had to get to get 
and each one has its own like lore story behind it. So there's so much lore in the game. Then mm-hmm. on top of it, you have PvP, which most games have PvP. Now it's not like a first-person shooter, but there's PvP. You have your end game rating, which is, you know, just like in most MMOs or um, like the Division 2 has raids, Destiny 2, stuff yeah. like that. And then if you're entirely unfamiliar with an MMO, a raid is a group of either 8 or 16 people where you're all... It's basically a group quest. So you have to fight usually uh, a series of sub-bosses and, and, and solve some puzzles along the way. And then it's you fight a big, uh, large involved... Like boss encounter at the end of a raid, and it's the the whole purpose is to that you have to work together with your group and communicate well to accomplish this overly difficult task. It's like in supremacy when you go through and you win, and you're like, "Oh, the match is over." Nope, you got to go take over the capital ship at the top, and then if you lose, you get sent back down to the planet like you've been shunned. Um, <laughs> and why this is where and. To top it off, they have Galactic Starfighter, which is exactly a Starfighter campaign. It's only PvP, but you can get in your starship. You can customize everything in the entire game, your starship, your outfits, everything, and you can make your own Star Wars story where almost like the three pieces of Fallen Order, Battlefront, and Starfighter is all in one game with hours and hours of story content. Okay. And who and who doesn't want to create their own Twi'lek or <laughs> Sabrak or human or you want to make a cyborg, make a cyborg. And it really or what's the newest class? Um what's Kit Fisto? Um, oh, Nautilus. Nautilus. You can be a Nautilus. It's yep. just I I think I think for me with Sotor, it's the lore and how you can build you can build you go into the larger world and it actually feels like it's a giant larger world. Okay. I think I know that's kind of a lot, but uh, <laughs> this the game offers a lot. Yeah, definitely. The thing that always got me is the awesome awesome CGI trailers that they made and then the <laughs> the actual game itself <laughs> and how much of a disconnect there is between those two. That's true. But I think that's a that's an MMO thing. I don't think that's exclusively yeah, a Yeah, it's definitely thing. is a it definitely is an MMO thing. Because World uh, World of Warcraft does the same thing. Um, Diablo does the same thing. Yes. The Diablo cinematic trailers are like, you know, even Elder like Scrolls. A, something you, mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. Elder Scrolls yeah. Online. That's probably the prettiest of all MMOs. But I think when making an MMO versus you know the Battlefront game, you're you're taking, you have to take assets. You can't invest all of that time into the setting because the worlds are so large. I mean, I think you can visit 30-plus planets. I mean, who doesn't want to jump in the Sarlacc pit? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, You know, and be digested for a thousand years, and, you know, Alderaan will still be there when you fly out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Rip Alderaan. (laughs) Yeah. Who who are you referring to there, Boba Fett? uh, Yeah. Yeah. so the funny part about Alderaan is in Sotor they just released the Alderaan stronghold, and you can decorate your own Alderaan house and compound. And I won't buy it because it's a bad investment, because you know in three thousand years it's not going to be there. So in my opinion, it's terrible long term investment. Yeah, terrible long term investment. But 
at you know my final point on Sotor. Sotor is doing the same thing, but this is almost ten years later. That e it, that EA is doing to Battlefront Two is if they would just invest a little bit more money into it, it would be huge. Because most people like Nick, I'll give Nick an example. It took me two years to get Nick to play Sotor, and then once he played his story. He was glued to it. Now, he didn't stick around because there was other games, which is okay, but he played one of the eight class stories, and he was like, that was fantastic. It really was. Absolutely. I'm going to give it another shot. I will um, download it. And You uh, should, and if you... Um, I'll, I'll message you. Uh, you should go on the Starforge server when you do it, and that's the East Coast Essential server. I'll get you in the guild and, you know, it's just XP bonuses and stuff and we all can help you if you have questions. I think that's about wraps it up for this episode. Was there any final notes you wanted to have on the, the, the topic of today's episode? SWOTOR, EA Games, Battlefront, Squadrons? Yeah. EA, step it up. <laughs> Invest EA. more into the games that people love because it you won't regret it. I don't know if you're listening to, but that's... That's pretty much the moral of this story is stop going halfway, go all the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I did have one question for you. Um, do you think that, you know, with the upcoming EA games and this license, do you think it's taken them all of this time to develop and figure out the Star Wars IP so that now we're at the tail end of their 10 years but it's taken them this long to figure out how to make the games. So now they're going to be able to crank these things out. Hopefully. Because so we were talking about this on, what is it? Episode 192, I think, where we had um, Split Screen, Rogue Wolf, Danger Cat, and Arcross on the show. We we're kind of talking about this. It's I think EA should still keep the license. Either they keep it or they open it up to where EA can still make games and then other companies can apply to make games as well. Those are the two options I think they should do. They should not just give it to another company because then 10 years later and when they give it to Ubisoft and we'll be we'll be in the same situation because they'll have to go from the ground up and do everything that EA already did. Lucasfilm is an incredibly difficult company to make content for. They are super picky. They flip-flop back and forth between decisions. You can see this with the movies, with the the, the choice in di- uh, directors. Um, they're very difficult to work with, especially with the uh, the storyboards team, because there's it's such a huge franchise that it's you have to be extremely picky. And EA has worked with the that team and has developed a relationship with them that I think would take too long for another company to do. Um, so I think they should either renew the license or they should open it up completely. But I do think a large portion of what EA has been doing is learning what's been going on. They've seen huge success with all of the Star Wars games that they've released, especially the mobile game, which is a prime example of pay to win <laughs> and loot boxes, but brings in a lots of money. Yeah, I think that's all mobile games. True. Uh, and they're they're playing in that 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 sandbox there, so they have to the play by those rules to make money, and it makes massive amounts of money. It's a huge huge thing for EA, but with 
they've they've seen huge success with all of the games that they've made that I don't understand why they're the only reason that there aren't more Star Wars games is probably the reason that they've tried as you see they they've canceled more games that they've released uh, which is a popular which is a, a common thing in game development but to the point where it's Star Wars games we would have had up to six or seven if the the games didn't get canceled kind of thing so I think a lot of it is definitely developing those relationships with EA EA with Lucasfilm and vice versa that is causing a lot of problems and they're just now getting to the point where they're seeing payoffs from their their work and we get the the statement that EA is quote unquote doubling down on Star Wars which is kind of a weird thing to say three years before your license expires. Well, right. if I can give you my tinfoil hat, my conspiracy theory. Put it on. Let's go. All right. Um, <laughs> there is another Battlefront game coming out, and it's going to be an MMO Destiny or Division style where you're going to get to be, you know, it's going to be like SOTOR and Battlefront kind of smashed together. And it's going to be like what Nick was saying earlier about that open world, because if you right. date back a couple of years, say. they shut down that open world game that, um, what's the, who's the people that made uh, Dead Space? Oh, I can't remember. Is it Visceral? Oh. Yeah, Visceral game. So they shut down that, and that was an open world game that and was- And then it, it got canceled twice, because it was an open world, it was a, the story-based game that was 30, semi, 30. or 1313, yeah, right? Yeah, that's it. So that, yep. that wasn't visceral. That was a, a different company. That was before the license got to yay. That was gonna that was super far into production. Um also, I don't know if you saw this report, but Jason Schreier from Kotaku, I d I don't know if I think he's on Bloomberg now or something. I don't know if he's still at Kotaku, but Jason Schreier uh, reported that there was a cancelled uh spin off battlefront game and it was supposed to be in the same style of uh destiny in a bit it would have a central hub world which was going to be takadana and from there you would go do different missions but it got canceled well, that sounds awesome but two years ago they are a year and a half ago there was an ad for a open world um publisher not publisher who's the head um what's the head of a studio um director I don't know, Keith Kanig for SOTOR. He's oh, game director. Game director. Yeah. So they, they were looking yeah. for that. And and then, you know, I, that's my tinfoil hat. I think that game is coming. And that's why they're saying they're doubling down because this is going to be the new SOTOR of the 2020s to take us to the next 10 years, in my opinion. Because that's that's the one thing that we're missing. Let's hope you're right, and a, a big open-world type game comes out. Yeah, let, I'm, I'm very interested to see what this, this quote ends up uh, bringing out of the woodworks. Hopefully, hopefully it's something that the, the community and the fans want. That's it for this episode of the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at SWB Podcast as well as on Instagram under at SWB Podcast. Those are the places to go to keep up to date on everything SWBP. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash battlefrontpodcast or through PayPal, paypal.me slash tie-dye sheep, T-Y-E-D-Y-E-S-H-E-E-P. 
A great free way to support the show is sharing it with your friends and family, as well as leaving us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you can leave reviews. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. We're streaming every Saturday at 1 p.m. or so MST, 8 p.m. BST. Definitely come say hi. We would greatly appreciate it. It's such a fun time playing Battlefront, playing old Star Wars games. We'll do it all on the Battlefront Podcast YouTube channel. Links to the guests in this episode will be in the description. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you can find podcasts, you can find the show. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, may the Force be with you.